we uh, had already scheduled an update with our top public health officials here in Sangamon County. Gail O'Neill, the public health director, and our county medical director, Dr. Vidya Sunderation. Uh, and then, as fate would have it, it comes on a day when we've seen this uh, dramatic uptick in cases related to the Villa's Senior Care Center. So we start with that as we welcome our guest to the show, Gail. And, and Vidya, thank you so much for being here uh, again. We know it's an incredibly busy day uh, for both of you, but uh, thanks for taking the time this afternoon. You're welcome. As we reported just before uh, you, you came on, 40 new cases today. There had been 41 total cases as of yesterday. So we have in one day doubled it, 20 staffers, 20 residents there. Uh, and if if my memory serves, there were a total of about 181 people uh, connected to this facility in some way, about 100 workers and 81 residents. Uh, and now, again, 81 people total uh, connected to this. How far could this go? Uh, has everyone now been tested at this facility? Uh, not quite everyone. There was a, uh, quite a few that went in today. We don't have. We delivered the. We picked up the tests and took them from the villa to the state lab, but they were all sealed up. So we don't know. We're waiting for a list from the villas to tell us how many um, specimens were in that container. We believe there was uh, quite quite a few of the people that still needed to be tested. I think they were still just going to be lacking maybe three residents and a handful of, of staff, but we won't know that probably till tomorrow morning. Uh, I, I know, uh, Gail, that last week you had gotten about 100 tests from the state and took them over there. Why, why weren't there tests for everyone immediately, particularly staffers who were still coming and going from the facility? Given the way we know this can spread in congregate settings, it seems like that should have been a, a priority. Yeah, it was. And if they had been run through them all, we would have gotten some more immediately. Um, since then, um, and the first day of testing, they just did five specimens. And so they didn't really um, pick up until Sunday and Monday. Um, and we have subsequently taken them an additional 50 and some more um, to them. So they've not been run out of tests when they've been wanting to be tested. Um, the state has been um, generous with us and made sure we have all the um, test kits that we'd like to have on hand. Is that slow ramp up just that people weren't weren't scheduled to be there, weren't in there, so they weren't being tested? Would, could people have been called in or directed to go to the health department or something? It just seems like, again, uh, the, the faster we know uh, about, especially in a congregate setting like that, the easier it is to get it under control. Well, part of it is I think the staff was extremely busy dealing with the families and the people that were positive. Um, it was, you know, and then they had a few desks in there. So the first concern was for the, the residents and the family members, although they did let us know and, and start working on it right away. They put their efforts into making sure that they could um, move patients that um, weren't showing any symptoms into a, one area, keep them together to keep, try to keep them from becoming in, exposed or infected. And they were really working on the emergent issue. Yes, testing is really important, but also separating any of the residents who may have had a, a roommate that was positive or those that were not appear to be sick at all to get them separated. So I think that was a combination of getting all that work done and some extensive cleaning and those kind of things was going on right away first. Now, there there was an initial case back in March, as I recall, but then it was several weeks before there was another case linked to Villas. But since then, 
Uh, and that was, what, about 10 days ago was that second case. And now, obviously, we, we've seen this explosion of cases there. Do, do, uh, do we know how, after you know a, a month's lag from the first case to the second one, how this got reintroduced into this facility? Have we been able to sort of figure out the, the source of it from inside Villas? Not really at this point. There was a person that had tested positive, and it was a good three weeks before she went back to work. She was a, an employee of the villa um, and, you know, had had no signs or symptoms or problems and waited well past her 14 days, actually took 21 days before she um, returned to work. So we're not sure if, if she had anything to do with it. I'm not even sure if it was she or he. But um, if, and then, you know, there were still people that come and go in the facility so we're really not sure because all of a sudden it did start to kind of hit everybody uh, can, can you speak to what the the level of ppe was in use there uh if you had someone again who had had symptoms had quarantined obviously self-quarantined uh, but then came back uh were all staff wearing masks were they using gloves was was it that level of protection there or what what was the situation uh prior to this new outbreak I believe everybody was had started wearing masks, um, maybe not N95 because they were in short supply, but at least surgical masks or face coverings. Um, they had started, like almost all the other healthcare facilities in the community, doing temperature checks and um, asking about symptoms of all employees coming in and out um, of the facility. So they had begun all that um, prior to the next case. It clearly shows the the alarming potential in these congregate settings like nursing homes. Uh, and uh, to date, this is obviously the only outbreak of which we are aware in a nursing home. Do we know with other long-term care facilities in Sangamon County now, are all these facilities, are they, are they using PPE? Are they screening workers for fever and things before they come in? What kind of precautions are being taken to make sure this doesn't happen anywhere else? Yes, they've been doing the um, the temperature checks and everything else. We actually have been talking to them. We've had our nurses calling each one of the long-term care facilities and congregate settings um, in the last two days. We've been um, sending them guidance from IDPH and providing PPE when we had it, but we made an additional call um, to them to kind of remind them and to get them prepared in the event they do have someone test positive. They may as well get their employee list together. I know this sounds kind of doomsday-ish, but just to, to reinforce the severity that can happen. So if they would have their employee lists ready, their, their, um, their resident list prepared, and then to find out if they've got employees that work at more than one facility, that's very helpful to know. And it just kind of brings it home that this could happen, and we hope not. But if we're prepared, hopefully it won't happen um, like this again. Can, can you give us a, a sense of what it's like on the ground inside villas? As you said, uh, this, this brings a whole new set of challenges there, and this is demanding work in the best of, of situations. But now you've got uh, a number of staffers who have tested positive. That would, I, I'm assuming, put them off limits from being able to be involved in, in direct care for, for residents there. So how are they keeping up with uh, you know, just day-to-day operations plus all the extra cleaning and precautionary measures that have to be taken there. Yeah, they're working pretty hard. The Anybody that has tested positive is, is home. They're not there. They need to be away for 14 days at least, um, the way we're kind of directing them right now. they We have asked them about their staffing. They were quite concerned in the beginning, and they may be again, 
Um, but for now, their corporate office has offered to provide them with some additional nursing staff. If they need that. We've been talking about how we could help. Um, ultimately, we could ask the state for help. But for now, they had quite a few employees that used to work part-time that are working full-time. So because a lot of these aren't full-time positions and they can work full-time now um, to fill in the gaps, they seem to think they've got this um, pretty well handled for now. But I'm sure there's going to be some hardship. And and people, uh, residents who were uh, showing symptoms or had been confirmed were being segregated, those who were not actually in the hospital. Uh, but with the, the sheer numbers that we have now, are they still able to keep uh, everybody separate so those who are not positive and not symptomatic uh, are, are able to be away from, from other residents? Yeah, Vidya, go ahead. Yeah, so um, yeah, it looks like they have a, good, a pretty good uh, way of cohorting patients. So they have a red zone, a green zone, and a yellow zone. Red zone is for those that are uh, definitively positive, and it looks like uh, they've handled that pretty well. Green zone is for those that have tested negative, and yellow is somebody that's awaiting tests or a person's under investigation. So um, uh, those, are, those are the three zones, and it looks like they've handled it pretty well. Talking with Sangamon County Public Health Director Gail O'Neill, the county's medical director, Dr. Vidya Sunderation. Let's talk about local testing now. Uh, we got a call uh, actually just a short time ago from someone who said they had been past the uh, the new on-site testing that was set up outside the health department. They saw medical professionals out there, but nobody actually waiting for a test. Um, what what is the, What's the current criteria to be able to be tested at that or some of the other testing sites here locally? Do you still have to be symptomatic? Do you still have to be in another high risk category of being older or have a comorbidity or be a, a healthcare worker? What, who can get a test right now? Well, it's been pretty relaxed in some places and stayed the same in others. Um, the gentleman that you talked to before said he saw people yesterday on, well, actually yesterday was their first day and they were setting up and really hadn't advertised it. And then they ended up doing over 20 tests yesterday without any advertising, but they were kind of working the, the bugs out. Today, I know that they did over 80 tests. Um, so it was a little busier, but it's real efficient how you just drive through. Um, people can be tested that um, do have symptoms, but that's not entirely necessary. The one people that we were wanting to be able to be tested um, are family members or people that live in the same home with people who are positive, like like the employees of the uh, villas, so that it, the family members could come through because they're, they're exposed to a positive person. So that's one of the re- requirements that... Um, and they don't have to have symptoms so that they were able to come through and be tested. So pretty much it's, it's open, um, you know, requirements. Video may know more of those, but this, it's pretty um, flexible. Yeah, so the testing that's available um, through uh, the FQHC here at the uh, health department and then the testing from the respiratory centers, uh, most of them still uh, are looking for people that are symptomatic, but, um, you know, they, they do have uh, higher capability now, and um, they're, they're lot, the testing is available readily. So they are able to also uh, check people that may not typically have symptoms but are high risk. And these high risk categories are healthcare workers, uh, frontline workers, 
uh, people that work in jails. So uh, they are um, epidemiologically at a higher risk for uh, for uh, 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 being exposed to COVID. So they, they can definitely get tested uh, without symptoms. And, and do people just drive up? Do they need to sign up ahead of time to take advantage of the, the, the testing there outside the health department? Uh, and we know we've had advanced uh, sign up or advanced contact at the uh, at, at Memorial site on 6th Street or the, the site of the old Walgreens. What about at the county? Do you have to sign up in advance for that? You do not. You just pull up. They're they're running the te- they're doing testing from nine o'clock every morning till three thirty in the afternoon, Monday through Friday. Okay. And they just drive up, and we haven't seen huge traffic jams. We're a little worried about that, but like I said, they haven't advertised it too much, and that still could happen. But it's flowing pretty smoothly. Well, the the word is out now, so uh, yeah, yeah. Again, uh, I, I suspect there'll be people out there, but you really are encouraging either people who are symptomatic or people who are uh, re- residing with someone who's been exposed or is in that high risk category of workers, like healthcare or in a congregate setting like that. Yes, and the other um, change with the requirements for the um, SIU federally qualified center here is if they're essential workers. And they even expanded that to be people that are working at the grocery stores and, right. and the people that are going to work every day because they potentially are exposed to the public. Um, how are we doing with PPE locally? Uh, it seems as though we are we are okay with hospital beds and things, ICU beds. We haven't seen the kind of crush that had been feared. Uh, but we know PPE has been an ongoing problem. Do we, uh, do we have adequate amounts for all of these different settings for testing and treatment, et cetera? At this point, it appears that we're doing pretty well with that. I think everybody's learned how to conserve when they can. Um, and having people use more face coverings that don't need, you know, for, for me and other people, a face covering is probably fine most of the time, but that we're keeping the uh, surgical masks and the N95s for the healthcare providers and the uh, first responders. So we've, the state has been sending lots out. We learned today that there's going to be shipments sent to all the nursing homes. We've been trying to help them, so they will have additional supplies as well. But I think we're not, we're being very frugal with them and not wasting um, valuable PPE. We've also learned that there's ways to um, disinfect um, some of the masks. Uh, some of the hospitals have had a way to do that where you bag them up and then they're sent off for um, for some UV radiation. Yeah, UV radiation. I knew there was something with that. Okay. Um, the, uh, the, the stay-at-home order uh, is currently the subject of a legal fight. We don't know how this is going to play out. If we should get to Friday when the new order is supposed to take effect and it's in legal limbo or there has been a ruling basically saying the governor doesn't have this authority, what's your recommendation to people here in Sangamon County? What should they be doing? Well, I've been talking to the, um, you know, the incident command, and we'll talk about that again tomorrow morning. Um, we're sure not very comfortable. I'll let Vidya speak next with, with opening everything up wide. The one good thing is that it's at, my understanding is that May 1st, Friday, that everybody that's outside of their home should be masked um, whenever they're um, exposed to other people. That will be helpful and good. Um, Vidya, what do you think about it? Yeah, I'm going to uh, quote Dr. Fauci. He says, don't jump in with both your feet. So uh, it's very, very important to make sure that uh, the recovery process is done very, very slowly. And uh, we're, we're looking to see every day the numbers are being evaluated every day. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we see outbreaks, we see uh, clusters, we see hotspots. 
So based on all those, uh, you know, we can we can tell uh, what what needs to be done. Uh, and in terms of social distancing um, and other public health measures, they they are effective. That's that's really why the numbers have been low for all this while. So so it's important to um, recover very very slowly uh, when we do when we're ready to do so. If if for some reason there is a, a legal question or challenge to the governor's authority to this, do you as a, a local health department have the ability to impose some of these restrictions at least here in Sangamon County to tell people you've still got to wear masks if you're going in public, to tell bars and restaurants you've got to stay closed even if there's a court order that says the governor doesn't have the authority to do that? Do you have the authority locally to impose those restrictions? I believe we have the authority to do that to protect the public. Um, as far as bars and restaurants, um, I believe that they would you know, work with us on a plan, which we've kind of been trying to work on, on how to keep it safer and get them back open. We know that's important. Um, and, you know, we license them and work with them, so we may have a little bit more authority that way, plus the public health authority, but we want to make sure we do things safely. Um, if we believe there's eminent danger, then we can impose some public health rules, which is what um, would probably need to happen. I know that the mayor had expanded some rules for the city. The county may be able to do some similar things or the local municipalities. Um, yeah, we just don't want the box wide open, really. Uh, we could go on with lots more questions, but we are up against the clock here. And I know you both got a lot still you have yet to do. So we, again, very much appreciate your time here this afternoon. Thank you. And we'll be in touch very soon. Thank you.